Annyeong SAO! Welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unnees. Hey, everybody. Wait, what? <laughs> we're keeping this in. Yeah, we are. <laughs> What's I, I think almost, you say hello. No, I know. I almost <laughs> hi there. And then I was like, that's Amy's. What the hell's wrong with me? Which <laughs> it was never scripted. We just like fell into our no, our but, roles and our order. So if you if you would have said hi there, I would have been thrown. I know, but I slipped saying I can't like fuck it up. All right. So <laughs> hello. Hi there. <laughs> oh god. Leah's well, gonna go in. Yeah, just FYI. In. The last so first of all, happy Happy Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, love or day. Or nothing if you like if one you don't day, celebrate Wednesday. Wednesday. Fuck this day. <laughs> yeah. Fuck corporate America selling love. Anyway, now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, yeah, I have just I'm recovering from what looks like to have been a double whammy of RSV and the flu together. And I was really, you, you almost had two podcast hosts, let's just say that. <laughs> there was some time on Saturday where I was like, I don't know how much longer I've got. <laughs> I might be ascending soon. <laughs> yeah. And then, I'm going to the tea room. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The tea room was sounding really fucking good, let me tell you. Um, and then in, yeah. So, I mean, I can laugh and joke around and that this feels very good uh, because I was not doing that even two days ago. So yay for that. But then my, um, my youngest got the same thing. And so when I was sick, I started my demon. There was like one day I couldn't even watch TV, which was like, that's when you know you're sick. Like when you can't like yeah. even like look at the TV, you just lay there. And that's when I thought I was going to the tea room. And then I kind of like got better from that. And I was like, I'm going to start my demon. I did. It was kind of perfect for being sick. And then my daughter got sick when I was around episode five or six. So she's just kind of jumped in. So we were both just kind of like on different couches, tragic up on campus, quarantined away from our family, watching my demon. And she fell asleep and her feet, she, our fevers were pretty high and she had like a fever spike while she was sleeping. And she woke up and I was kind of like half dead watching my demon. And all of a sudden she was like, mama. And I was like, what? And she's like, why is a man on the TV talking to me? I'm like, uh, he's not. He's just talking to like, like a heroine. And she's like, no. And then she's like, why is he out of the TV? And I was like, oh, no, you're having like, have your kids ever? So my kids have all had fever hallucinations. So Poppy being the third, it's like, it's still disconcerting and I don't like it. But it's not like it was like the first time it happened with Jero and he was like, Mommy, why is there a dog barking on the ceiling? And I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh, my God. No, like my my daughter, would, she had the flu when she was in fifth grade. I mean, she's had it since, but the fifth grade time was the worst. And she spiked to like 104 plus. Yeah. Um, but there was there was no hallucination. My son, however, when he was younger, did talk in his sleep. And th- he, had a, he had a stint like in elementary school where he you know, w- would crawl into bed with me. Um, hmm. And he, and I'm a very light sleeper. So he would crawl into bed with me, he'd be sleeping. And then like the slight, like my daughter joke, she's like, if I just like touch your shoulder, you'll be like, <gasps> I'm like, that's what happens when you're a mom. You lose the ability to like deep sleep. Yeah. Mm. Um. So anyway, he like bolted upright in bed and just started talking like gibberish. And I'm like, okay, now he's like, you know, like totally like sleep talking. And I would like be like, Connor, Connor. And he wouldn't like, you know, he'd like look at me, but like not see me like his eyes are open. It was the freakiest thing. Um, And yeah, I I don't know if he does it anymore, obviously, because he's almost 15. He sleeps by himself. But there was a time when he was younger that he woke up downstairs on the couch. So he was like a sleep talker, sleepwalker when he was younger. And that was freaky. Wow. Yeah. I I just have like really crazy dreams. So my kids didn't have like I don't. So I just have to do I have to tell you about this one dream because it was. I had it recently and it was, there's a reason. So I recently got um, clear aligners for my teeth and ever I'm now on like week six. And as soon as I got these clear aligners, I've had constant dreams that my teeth are falling out. Ooh. Like, And I've never had 
teeth falling out. Oh, really? Teeth. You know, that's like a thing. Yeah, that's right? one of my yeah, common like, dreams. I've had it. Yeah, it's a very common dream. Just like waking up late for class, even when you're like forty. Yes, I still that's have that common. too. Yeah. Missing my Me final too. exams. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So I've never had teeth falling out dream. Never had it in my life, and I've been having them multiple times a week. It's honestly really annoying. And um, meanwhile, my husband has this thing. Uh, I swear I'm going to like relate it to each other. But my husband has this thing about breaking down boxes to put in the recycling. It's like a really big deal. You're supposed to. I know, but he like <laughs> takes it to the extreme. He gets the so does gets Nick. A knife. So does Nick. Yeah, he gets a knife out and he cuts them all into like twelve by twelve squares. <laughs> and it's like he goes he goes over the top. And if you don't like break down box, he just gets really weird about it. <laughs> so I had this dream, and I told him about it, and he was like cracking up because I was like, I had this dream. <laughs> Where my teeth were falling out. I, I was like bleeding. My teeth are falling out. And I'm breaking down boxes with Neil. And I'm like, Neil, but my mouth hurts. And he's like, I don't care. Keep breaking boxes. It needs to be done. And I was like. Uh. I woke, oh, my God. I woke up like, like crying because he's like yelling at me to break down the boxes, even though my teeth are falling out. Oh, it was so traumatizing. Oh, my God. That's so romantic for Valentine's I know. Day. <laughs> oh, right? Happy Valentine's Day. But you he didn't really make me do that. But And he doesn't even make me break down the boxes. It's like his job. But I just <laughs> dream. <sighs> anyway, all that to say, off topic, but all that to say is I'm glad you are well, Leah. Because we did, that was several days. You were, like, completely out for the count. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was not, uh exaggerating and i feel weird because like at work two people would be like are you better yet and i'd be like well and my husband like everybody like, you know my nicks would be like are you better today and i was like he would just have me like be like what why do you need me to be better i can't get better and i just need be like jesus Aww. christ okay goodbye like i'll see Aww. you when i see you so but yeah. in his i will give him i throw him under the bus a lot i'm gonna give him some props he uh, realized, so he's out of town today, and he was going to leave me alone with a recovering sick kid. I'm still recovering, and then like our other two. And he was basically like, "What do you? This is a Valentine's Day story." He's like, "What do you need done?" And I was like, "This is not normal for my husband either to be like, what do you need done?'" And I basically was like, "Okay, I'm like, we have rain coming. I need you to caulk like this and this outside. I need." food in the house that's like this and this for like you know people getting better with sickness just like kind of like the standard but like honestly he just like went through and just did it i was like i need the house picked up because like i don't want i can't <laughs> and so yeah i came back and like house is all picked up we got like all the pet food ready to go all the like the grocery like the fridge was packed he's like i even put gas in the car for you and i was like you Ooh, know what he petrol he put petrol Oh my god! We, so we we had my son's IEP meeting yesterday at school, and they were talking about like you know he's got to get better with organization. He's got some executive function stuff. I was like, yeah, I get it. He this the apple didn't fall far from the tree here. <laughs> and anyway, and Nick of course like wants to like jump in and do some mansplaining during it, and he's like, well, what I think could be very useful is if we get Jared a diary, and the IEP teacher is like. What's he need a diary for? <laughs> and I'm like, he means a day planner. And then he's like, oh, because you're not from here, are you? And so Nick's like, he should have a little diary. <laughs> oh, Nick. And I can see this guy was thinking of like a little pink, you know, book right. with like a lock. A little lock. Yeah. A little tiny key. <laughs> like a fuzzy yeah, pen. Exactly. Jared can write his Oh, Nick. He met, I mean, he did. way to go. Way to pull through. Hmm, I think that Jared could be using a diary. I know, now he's like a British. I cannot do an Australian. I love how your Australian <laughs> husband now teaches at Hogwarts. It does kill me that you've been married to this man as long as you have, and you still cannot do his accent. I can't, except for Nerr. Nerr. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, you know, speaking of, so we, we touched on a few real marriage things, but, you know, there's a whole world out there of fake, fake marriage. marriages, fake dating, and relationships of convenience. <laughs> Which is the perfect thing to talk about on this day of love. Yes. Right? So, yeah, uh, you all have spoken and we have listened. You like our trope studies. So today we are back with relationship of convenience. 
uh, such as fake dating or marriage of convenience. We will likely use these terms interchangeably during this episode. Maybe. Depends what we're talking about. So first of all, what is marriage of convenience as it applies to romance novels and K-dramas? A 2023 Book Riot article by Alison Doherty describes the marriage of convenience trope as this. A marriage of convenience is defined as any marriage that occurs for reasons other than love or affection. There are many political, economical, or social reasons that can motivate a marriage of convenience. The main thing to remember is that this type of marriage is inspired by practical reasons and not romance. Historical marriages of convenience often feature a hero who needs to marry in order to have an heir or to receive his inheritance, and an heroine who needs to marry to save her reputation, help her family, escape a less desirable marriage, or gain independence. So I know that focus more on marriage of convenience and not fake dating, but do you have anything to add to that definition? I mean, in the fantasy genre, marriage or relationship of convenience can also have like magical reasons, like I don't know, needing to pull a sword from a chest <laughs> or a protecting powers <laughs> or a harpoon from a shark's chest um, or protecting powers that have transferred from a magical being into a non-magical being, which anyone watching my demon right now, like that's very prominent uh, in a current drama. So I like that there are some, you know, sort of different kind of things that happen in different genres. I like how it, it spans genres of romance. Yeah, that's a good point. I, that obviously didn't uh, say anything about the the non-contemporary uh, versions of Marriage of Convenience, which are always kind of cool and fantastical. So traditionally in romance novels, relationships of convenience or the trope of relationship of convenience was most often used for historical novels. I think that's where, you know, you see it most. But I think, you know, many authors and screenwriters have really been founding, finding creative ways to incorporate this trope into contemporary stories. So do you like modern romances with this trope and any creative ways that you've seen it done? Pretty Woman, the classic. So Pretty Woman is straight up, you know, fake dating where, you know, he needs to have somebody on his arm to like do deal making and whatever, whatever. And so, yeah, he picks up a prostitute uh, on Sunset Boulevard in California and then Mixed in that, we get to have like kind of an ugly duckling twist where, you know, she gets the glow up. We've got the opposites attract. You've got the forced proximity. Um, and so there's just like lots of cool layering that happens. Um, and another one, which is, I think, a twist on the theme, but I think it holds into the uh, fake uh, fake dating or marriage of or relationship of convenience is another high favorite of mine, which is while you were sleeping. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So on that one. You know, she has, it's the Sandra Bullock character. She's the, she works in the subway, right? She's like a ticket taker or something and like has token. a car. Yeah, token, to yeah, token taker. Yeah, to token taker. A token taker. <laughs> <laughs> and has a big crush on a handsome man. You know, when he, through a series of unfortunate events, ends up unconscious. She Falls on the tracks. Yeah. She ends and she rescues him. She tells the family, you know, that they are together. And when he comes to, he has no recollection of it, but everybody already loves her. <laughs> and so Amnesia. He thinks he has amnesia, which is awesome because it's so very K-drama. Yeah. I love it. And so then, yeah, you can layer in some amnesia on top of this. So, I mean, the thing is, is that this, to me, we're going to talk about this later because some of us like this trope more than others. I come out high in favor of it. And I think that it really works in like augmenting all the other tropes too. It just makes it that much better. Yeah, I, one that I've brought up before, but I'll bring it up again because it is one of my favorite uh, fake relationship rom-coms is The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, which is really funny because I, I didn't know that you're going to be talking Sandra Bullock too. Hmm. So she's a book editor and he's her assistant and she is like the terrible boss that everybody hates who, of course, is just like super closed off and lonely. And she's Canadian and needs a green card marriage. So, and yes, this is sexual harassment. She bribes him, which is it's really funny because Megan's been sending me some really funny, like hot takes on 90s uh, rom-com reels on Instagram that like all of the rom-coms that I loved, like in my 20s are like the worst. And so problematic. So, problem so but, problematic. So, but like this, I think it's done. It's done well. It's done well. And I, I know a lot of people love the proposal. So, yes, she bribes him 
into like saying that if he'll marry her, she'll promote him because he's like an assistant editor and he wants to be an editor. And he agrees. But of course, the immigration folks want proof that they are a for real couple. So he brings her home to his like small town in Alaska where he's basically like royalty. And they pretend to be a couple. And Betty White is his grandma and hilarity and romance ensues. I mean, the chemistry is fantastic. Like, they're just great on screen together. The romance is fantastic because it is also like talk about like layering other um, layering other tropes. It's enemies to lovers, forced proximity, and then, you know, having to be in this fake relationship. And I think that's when a fake relationship really, really works for me is when it's an enemies to lovers fake relationship because it adds so much more tension. Yeah. So what do you like or not like about relationship, uh, relationship of convenient stories and what other tropes match up best with this one? I mean, I think I, I just said it. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, my, like, I love enemies to lovers with it. So. Yeah, I'll come out and say, I like I just said, I think it just like. Is like a giant mirror that just reflects and amplifies all the other tropes it puts with it. But some that I have always enjoyed with it besides enemies to lovers um, and shout out to amnesia it really was great with amnesia is opposites attract and again always the forced proximity but the rest of what i have to say is mostly a rebuttal to megan so i'll let megan go next Ooh. oh well so this is interesting because uh you know we were talking about what trope study we were going to do next and i think one of you said oh let's do relationships of convenience like fake dating and marriage convenience and like it's a great one to study. Like, I'm, I I agree. It's very common in K-dramas. But part of me, like, internally, I was like, because it's just, it's not my favorite. But I also think that this makes for an interesting topic because of that. But also, as I was, like, working on the script for this, I realized that, like, I maybe like it a little bit more than I had thought. Um, So that was kind of fun to, like, go through that journey. <laughs> but this is it. So... I'm going to kind of separate so I'm going to kind of separate out fake dating from marriage of convenience because I feel differently about them. Um I don't usually like fake dating. And that's and I'm I'm happy to hear rebuttals just so you know. Like please. But <laughs> um I, so why I don't usually like fake dating is because there's almost always deception involved. So usually the reason for fake dating is because the couple needs other people to believe it. And so I'm constantly like waiting for that reveal to happen because part of me feels like the true romantic journey can't start until like the truth is out. But that's also just like me and how I like my stories done. So it's so yeah, it's like great tension, but I'm just like a baby about it. I just want like everyone to kind of like be out in the open and honest. And I also I this and most people probably love this. Like if you like fake dating, you love this. Uh, the the all like, oh, did he touch my arm because he needs to like keep up the fake dating ruse? Or did he touch my arm because he really likes me? Like that whole kind of like aspect of fake dating. I don't like <laughs> which that's like you're using a very condescending voice. I know I am. <laughs> I don't mean to. And it just kind of drives me crazy because I kind of feel like the whole relationship is based on miscommunication from the jump. And so that just like makes it not my favorite. I just want everyone to it's be fine. Open you don't have to you don't have but, to love all the tropes. Yeah. But I will say I do like marriage of convenience uh, because it's less about like what other people think usually. And it's more about using, as we said earlier, you, more about using ma the marriage to gain like money and power. So it just feels like more honest. Because it's about a legally binding contract that, like, hopefully both leads are benefiting from rather than, like, a way to deceive others. So I would say, though, like, always K-dramas can make me love any trope. And this is the case with fake dating and marriage of convenience. I'm going to mention a fake dating one that I that I liked. But I will say I still do always gravitate more towards marriage convenience. And if there is a fake, like, if you re if I read a blurb and it says there's fake dating, I'm going to wait to hear if it was a good drama first hmm. yeah i feel like it's although isn't my demon fake dating isn't that what i'm yeah. doing right now <laughs> yeah it's totally fake dating yeah but i guess so this is the thing though again k-dramas can make me love stuff because i like the reason they're fake dating and my demon because again they're not really doing it to deceive others they're doing it because they 
they like need to for like a supernatural reason. Yes and no. And I she need but she well, also needs of. it for the inheritance. Yeah. True. Well, and well, then to me, I like that because it's not about like deception, right? It's sense. it's well but, because it, but it, there's right. always a reason. People are never like I'm going to deceive for no reason. It's usually for a gain of I know. some sort. And I would say though, but that, and that's why it's dependent because some of the deception I like, and some I don't. No. So it's always dependent. So for me, I feel like if there were like when we're talking about the big reveal, like if there's a more mellow fake relationship plot point, like her private life is not a fake dating drama. However, there is a fake dating, like, B story that happens for a few episodes. Oh, uh, right. And so for those, I'd say I'm a little bit more take it or leave it simply because, like, the whole drama is not kind of, like, hinging on that. And so I find it I'm a slightly less interested when it's like that. But for something... Oh, see, that's when I like it more. See? Yeah. So for me, something that's more like because this is my first life, I was much more invested because it was like one of the main tropes of the drama. And I felt like, but the discovery of it, like, like the fact of like people discovering that it wasn't real or whatever, like that didn't feel to me like the conflict in the story. The conflict felt like it was like their emotional journey. Right. And I liked because this is my first life too. So I'm saying K-dramas find a way, maybe I'm still like leftover from like 90s, like she's all that or... Did they fake date and she's all that? I don't know. Like 90s rom-coms, like I'm like traumatized from. Because, yeah, I like Because It's My First Life, too. And I see, I like the like, I, I like the dramas like in Healer, where there's like one episode where they essentially have to fake date and they get makeovers. They have to fake date for like a scene. For like a reporting purpose. I yeah. freaking loved it. <laughs> yeah. I love that like little brief time because then they got to see each other the in a different up. way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Okay, so any books you like that are about relationship of, of convenience? So one that I read fairly recently, which is one of my favorite romances um, that I've read, I think, in the past, like, 12 months or whatever, is Happy Place by Emily Henry. I mean, I love all of her books, but this one really got me. I'm just going to read you the blurb because I can't say it any better than the blurb does. And it's I talk about, like, I told you I love it when it's enemies to lovers. So Harriet and Wynne have been the perfect couple since they met in college. They go together like salt and pepper, honey and tea, lobster and rolls, except now, for reasons they're still not discussing, they don't. They broke up five months ago and still haven't told their best friends, which is how they find themselves sharing a bedroom at the main cottage that has been their friend group's yearly getaway for the last decade. Their annual respite from the world where for one vibrant, blissful week, they leave behind their daily lives, have copious amounts of cheese, wine, and seafood, and soak up the salty coastal air with the people who understand them most. Only this year, Harriet and Wynne are lying through their teeth while trying not to notice how desperately they still want each other. Because the cottage is for sale, and this is the last week they'll all have together in this place. They can't stand to break their friends' hearts, and so they'll play their parts. Harriet will be the driven surgical resident who never starts a fight, and Wynne will be the laid-back charmer who never lets the crack show. It's a flawless plan if you look at it from a great distance and through a pair of sunscreen-smeared glasses. After years of being in love, how hard can it be to fake it for one week in front of those who know you best? Mm. This is like right up, I can see, this. you love it. This oh my like god. Second chance at romance, sports proximity. And, and like, and Emily Henry's books are always like, as much like rom-com as they are like super emotional and oh this one just got me it was so good i think i read it in like a day yeah mm -hmm. i was I, <laughs> I didn't know what it was about i've obviously heard of this book but as soon as you like read she's that, done like, beach read and book yeah. lovers like uh, you know all those people so you meet good. on vacation yeah yep read them all yeah. so i'm laughing because like this this was pretty up brow and now we're taking it to a different direction for my recommendation uh, i love your recommendation so I have any of you read Nikki Sloan because I am obsessed with Nikki Sloan. No, and I want to like that. Like I read books like this is up my alley, but I just have never. I, I, no, but you've talked about this book before. Like I you know have. what you're. Yeah. yeah. So okay, but yeah. Nikki Sloan, just in general, I think if you want to read some fucking dirty and that's well written, Nikki Sloan is your gal. And so, okay, this book I have talked about before, and it's The Initiation, book one of the filthy rich Americans. And boy, are they rich, and boy, are they filthy. If you want no spoilers at all about this book, 
fast forward. Otherwise, I am going to give you a spoiler setup in three, two, one. To save her family from financial ruin, the heroine, Marist, who has dyed green hair and the nickname Medusa, agrees to marry spoiled bad boy Royce, who needs a bride to be on the board of his family business, a board that has a mysterious initiation ceremony. When it's time for the initiation, Marist and Royce must complete the ritual in front of the entire board. So the ritual consists of Marist getting down to her birthday suit in a room full of men in tuxedos and laying naked on a dining room table. And for one minute apiece, each board member may show their appreciation to her with his hands and mouth. And they have like a, a big hourglass that like gives them like one minute at a time things. So these men hold her down and they all go at it on her. And that's not even the end. At the end, she and Royce are required to have sex while everyone watches. So she loses her virginity to Royce while his father's just standing there taking it all in. And of course, the dad in this situation, McAllister, is also supposed to begin and end the ritual before the sex time start. But Maris decided that felt too uncomfortable and negotiated that he allow Royce to be his proxy. But this is important in the plot because when he doesn't get to have a taste of Marist, he wants what he can't have. So the book ends up being a full-on love triangle between father, son, and wife. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> great. I freaking love romance writers, <laughs> it's man. It's so great. And so the other thing is that they really lean on, like, some Greek stuff. So she's Medusa. They really run that to ground. McAllister, the father, is the Minotaur, and they have like a full maze on the family property. I forgot about. And that. at one point, he like puts her in the maze and does like a full Minotaur hunt on her. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm dying. My lungs are giving out. Meanwhile, I'm writing a real Minotaur, basically right now. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm gonna bring it back up. No, I'm just. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Seduced by Molly O'Keefe. So this is a historical Western romance, which there are not enough historical romances from this time period, I just need to say. This is so good. So this takes place right after the Civil War. Basically, I mean, shit's awful for everyone right after the Civil War. Okay, so the heroine basically lives with her sister and her abusive husband. The, the I'm sorry, the heroine's married, her abusive husband. And also her sister lives with them. And the, her husband's terrible. And so he drags them to this cabin. He almost kills the owner. And he's like, this is where we live now. But he's like, terrible. And the heroine, Annie, I mean, she wants to get away. Uh, but obviously, or I'm sorry, Melody. Her name is Melody. Melody wants to get away, but obviously there's not a whole lot for women in that time period. And what happens is a bounty hunter comes. Uh, there's like other things that happen. But basically, he comes and he kills her husband. And that's not really a spoiler because it happens really quickly. But Melody can't like live there without a husband. Like basically at this time period, like without a husband, she is like, and her and her sister had just have n nowhere to go, no one to rely on, no family. And so basically, she's like, I got to get this bounty hunter to, to marry me. It's not funny. It's actually like a really serious book. But she's like, she's just like, I, I need I need to have a husband. But her Cole, uh, the bounty hunter is like, he is so damaged from the war. I mean, like beyond damaged. Um, I forget one. Of, there's it's a series of books. And one of them, like, I can't remember if it's him or if it's a different one. It was like a um, Andersonville prisoner of war. I mean. Like, we're talking, like, major damage, okay? So anyway, it's sort of, like, it's not a full marriage of convenience, but the plot does kind of, like, revolve around that because that's, like, her goal. But in doing, in, like, trying to get him to marry her, they also fall in love, and it's very, very cool. Uh, Molly O'Keefe is an amazing writer, and this whole series is incredible. There are three books, and I highly recommend them. So anyway, it's, it's called Seduced, and it's by Molly O'Keefe. Three very different offerings for you all. Who like yeah, you know, really, actually, absolutely. <laughs> I actually kind of love it. We had, well, let's repeat like, them again, because people are always like, wait, wait, what was the book? So let's repeat them again. And we can link to them in the show notes, too. Uh, mine was Happy Place by Emily Henry. 
Mine was The Initiation by Nikki Sloan. And mine was Seduced by Molly O'Keefe. And yeah, I, I then think too, I know marriage convenience is really popular in historical romances, but I just feel like a lot of it's like centering around the ton or English history. And so I love that this one was about like post-Civil War. I think that's a really, really interesting time period for the United States. And Molly O'Keefe is, uh, in, writes it incredibly. Hmm. Uh, okay. And then have any of us ever written a relationship of convenience? I forgot that I had. I had to go back and like look through. I'm like I had to read the blurbs of my own books to like remember. But I have in a cowboy book. It's called Hard Loving Cowboy, and the hero Walker and heroine Violet meet when she so like she doesn't know that he's supposed to interview her for this job, and he doesn't realize that she's the person that he's supposed to interview when they first meet because their their meet cute kind of happens when she's having a falling out with her current boyfriend. But basically, he ends up being the person who's supposed to interview her to be the sommelier for the tasting room at the vineyard that our rancher and his brothers inherited from their late father. It's like a running theme throughout um, the three books that these three cattle ranchers inherit a dying vineyard. For reasons, she asks him to pose as her boyfriend for her parents' anniversary party. So her mom, who is living with MS and worries that her daughter has put her life on hold to help take care of her, will be convinced that Violet has finally found happiness. But when Walker charms like the pants off of her parents, they end up getting invited to weekly dinners where they will have to keep up the charade. But Walker has a secret. He is a recovering alcoholic who has just gotten out of rehab. Yes, who helps run a vineyard. It's complicated. And he's enjoying the charade because for Violet, he gets to basically compartmentalize. He doesn't have to tell her the complicated parts of him that he thinks will complicate the relationship. But of course, you know, he falls for her and, you know, gets scared, freaks out um, about her finding out the truth, you know, not just finding out the truth, but learning that the whole time that they've been falling for each other, that he's kind of, you know, been lying, even though it's a a live omission since the day they met. And it is, uh, I know it sounds like a very, like, kind of like dark and complicated love story, and it is, but there's also very much comic relief because these three books deal with three brothers and three brothers together who are always like ribbing each other. And there's much comic relief with the heavy handedness of the storyline. But yeah, fake relationship. And I forgot that I did it. I love that. I do too. And I am currently on the final stretch of a deadline for a Yay. marriage of convenience, which is a twist because it is just like what uh, Megan was talking about, which is the Regency with the ton and all of that kind of like Bridgerton stuff, except we have thrown in like a K-drama element of someone from like modern times going through a time slip. He is a hockey player. And so the general conceit of the book is, you know, these two crazy kids meet by chance and they both have something that they need And so the marriage of convenience kind of like fits that. So we have the male character, Tuck. He's the hockey player. He wants to go back to the present. But he knows nothing about England. He knows nothing about 1812. He sticks out. He doesn't have the right clothes. He's American. Like this doesn't really work great. (laughs) And so and he has no idea how to get back. And so he's got to like figure out how to get back. So she is getting a lot of pressure to get married because that scene is like how you're going to have value as a woman. Woman, She wants to be a writer. She's very independent. And so her dream that she jokes around with all of her friends is that she wants to be a widow. Because if you're a widow, you get to have like all the like respectability to kind of do whatever you want to do. You can live by yourself. You can do whatever you want to do. And nobody's ever going to bother you or say you're a burden, make you look after the poor ants, you know, all that kind of stuff. And But she's also like, I don't want to be like a murderer either. And so they realize like, oh, we each like if we if we elope and get married, he can be with me at all times because we've got to like we've got a respectable reason to be together to figure it out. And then when I figure out a way to get him home or, you know, we solve this mystery and get him home, I'm just going to say died. Then I get to be a widow. Win win. So that's like the nexus of like their marriage of convenience is like she's basically like you get to make me a widow. And that's fantastic. It's like the best reason. See, I, I love it. I love that type of marriage convenience. It's like it's super practical. Mu- yeah, they're super. They're mutually benefiting each other. They go into it willingly. It's it's. But there's also it could also easily lead to hijinks. Mm. So I love that. Surprise, surprise! I have not written 
You haven't written the trope that you have so much disdain for. So I don't really have disdain for it. I know you don't. I know. And and to be honest, I haven't read that many. um, So that's why I kind of like struggled a little bit. But then I, and that's why my, even my book rec wasn't like full marriage convenience, but it's like, it's marriage of convenience adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to think, and it's like, so all my contemporary books, I don't think I ever did fake dating. I never did marriage of convenience. And my alien books, I kind of write like the same species and like a big part of their species is they like don't lie and they wouldn't, Mm. they wouldn't fake that. That's just like not part of um, their values. And also I write pretty much like insta lust Mm -hmm. and insta love and they're pretty much right away. They're just like mine. So like there's no. (laughs) (laughs) She is all. She is all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's like their creed. So I won. Now part of me is like I kind of want to write it and challenge myself. Right. Challenge Uh, accepted. Yeah, because, like, again, I thought I didn't like it, but then when I was working on this and coming up with dramas and books and things, I was like, oh, I I actually do like it more than I thought. And maybe I should also, in that respect, give it, like, more of a chance, you know? So, it's time for our favorite part of every episode, which is our K-pop Wreck of the Week. Megan, what do you have for us today? I am so excited. I have a song that is called Wife, and it is by G-Idol. I have been so obsessed with this song for the last week. Uh, I keep singing it, and my daughter is so annoyed with me because the lyrics are... Look, G-Idol has been kind of criticized a lot of times for their English lyrics. Are they a little off and, like, maybe don't fully... I don't know, mesh well? Sure. I don't care. I think G-Idol is in on... It's They're in on it. They're self-aware. They know what they're doing. And so when they get criticism, they kind of just like lean into it and it makes them makes me love them <laughs> even more. So the lyrics of this song are just... Are, they're, they're amazing. Okay, this is ridiculous. I was in the car uh, today with my daughter and I was like, I cook cream soup. Taste is Coco Loco. And my daughter's like, stop it. Stop it right now. You're not cool. Stop. And I was like, I clean your room. It's so twinkle, twinkle. Like, that's the words. <laughs> the lyrics are just, it is the most, it is such a catchy song. The music video is extremely simple, but the dancing is really fun. Just everything about it, I love because, again, it feels like the group is like self aware. They know what they're doing, they know this is like a catchy, kind of like viral-ish song and they nailed it i love it goji idol so it's called wife i pro <laughs> i promise if you go and listen to it once it'll be stuck in your head for a week so you're welcome and i'm not sorry i love it it's so twinkle twinkle <laughs> <laughs> want me your wife but she is mm, mm, mm. okay Let- let's go <laughs> If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoona Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, Blow up your skin with K Mertrex. Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. Okay, so moving on to more relationship of convenience talk. While we don't claim to be experts in any way on South Korean society, is there something about the culture that lends itself better to the marriage um, convenience trope or relationship of convenience trope than, say, Western culture or anything Hollywood puts out? 
I mean, the most of what I know of like Korean relationships is from K dramas. So please take everything I say with like the biggest grain of salt. Yeah, maybe we should say more. Is there something about K drama culture? Yeah, K drama culture. Yeah, because I, I don't know. We a, don't know the actual culture. Right. There's a specific a- aspect to how, like, I would say, right. like, K dramas present the culture. Right. So. so, I mean, like, from what I've seen, chables are expected to marry for the family rather than for themselves. Like, lots of filial piety in the sense that you must marry someone who is befitting of the family. Like, that is prized above all else, especially love. And just in general, like finances seem to play a really big part in marriage altogether, based, you know, solely on my drama watching, even if you aren't a table. So I guess because I don't run in any sort of high society in Western culture, I don't know if it happens, you know, in in more higher society, but we don't see a lot of it portrayed in, you know, in our entertainment. Unless you're, I mean, I mean, if we're going back to like the days of like, you know, watching stuff like Dynasty and Dallas, you know, from the 80s and stuff like that, where it was like, you know, the rich just get richer and, and, you know, only fraternize with the rich. But yeah, I think that we we don't see it in our entertainment as much because it's not a prominent thing in our society. Yeah, I I thought about like, because this is my first life where they get married. I mean, there are other reasons, but they get married just because like a the man and a woman couldn't really like live together like that's not like proper or whatever and so they had to get married to be able to like just be roommates and i and, was like right right yeah. like he wanted to have like he wanted to have a somebody else help pay the rent yeah that was but it couldn't be a that. woman like he thought she was a man because of her name and like it was yeah. like that little mix up was cute yeah and but also like you know i think you know if we have a that would be i think we'd be hard pressed to make that work in like say like a western show they'd be like why are they getting married just like live together as roomies like people do you know what i mean right so that's kind of what made me think um think of that yeah for sure um and then the other thing i just wanted to mention and i know very little about it but it's come up in a few dramas is rental laws or like renting an apartment so like happiness and because of this my is my first life part of it had to deal with like being either able to afford an expensive apartment or both did really right or was one like married yeah. housing or something like that it was married yeah, was housing gonna, it was a yeah, special deal say. for married housing yeah and yeah, happiness it was that it was that they they wanted to move into the the married housing so they had to be married yeah, yeah. i'll still ne- never get over the, their married housing having two beds <laughs> I two, know. not only two beds in the bedroom but two different beds like very <laughs> different beds i'm never over it oh my god i love it <laughs> I wonder what the actors thought when they walked in. They're like, is this, is this believable? <laughs> like, at least give us, like, Brady Bunch beds where, like, they're matching. Mm. So, so we can, like, push them apart when we actually go right. to bed, but push right. them together again in the morning. <laughs> exactly. And it just, like, looks all uniform and whatever. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, what are some fake dating dramas that have worked for you? Business Proposal. That was a fun one. Crash Landing on You. You know what's funny is I was like, oh, my God, Crash Landing on You was fake. Yeah. And, like, I, and that's like one of your favorite dramas, right? And that's why I was like, oh, my God. And it, but it was very mutually drama. beneficial, right? Like she yeah. had to do it to like she, she pretended to be his fiance so she would not be taken away by the government. And he did Wait, it I, so that he would not get in trouble being like an army captain hiding her, hiding the South Korean woman. So very mutually beneficial and very romantic. So I'm going to mention a BL that I actually kind of liked. So this BL was called Together the Series. And I think a lot of this was a Thai BL. And a lot of Thai BLs sometimes will have like two lead couples. Okay. In like Love in the Air was like that. Um, So this was like one of the lead couples where they did um, or they had or maybe maybe it was just them. You know what? I don't know. I watched it a while ago. So the one lead was being hit on a lot by another man and he did not like this man's advances. Like he was like, I don't like you. I'm straight. Leave me alone. And, um, and that they were like in high school, of course, because all Thai BLs are like in high school or a lot of them are. And, um, so another guy was like, Hey, fake date me. And, uh, it'll scare the other guy off. But, uh, but he would have been in love with the other lead the whole time. So I guess I liked it because, the one didn't he wasn't looking at it as fake dating 
he was like, this is my way to like get an in. But I've been in love with this guy ever since I first saw him. And it was the other guy who was like, oh, we're fake dating. We're totally fake dating. We've been fake dating this whole time. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I do like this guy. He likes me. And um, so I liked uh, that fake dating because it felt like harmless. And because the one I liked that the one man was actually everything he did, he was honest about. Like he had always been into him. So I like that. And what's the name of that one again? Together the series, but it's like two, like yeah. the number two. I kind of need to and see then that. get together this honestly, it's really good. It's with Bright and Win. So they were in the Thai remake uh Boys Over Flowers. So Bright and Win are, you know, pretty famous and they I mean they I, I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was really good. So for me, um, I threw I threw in her private life after dogging that subplot. <laughs> but, you know, I like her private life. Um, and then one that you neither of you have seen that I am uh, totally in love with is Fated to Love You. I have shared. The- Every time you bring it up, I'm like, I really do want to watch that. It's so good. I told you I watched the first 20 minutes and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, I need to get past the first 20. No, minutes. I mean sure so, like, <laughs> maybe not. you heard well you heard his laugh i'm guessing because he has a bananas laugh but they really lean into it and it becomes like a joke but yeah the the premise of it essentially is through a series of unfortunate events a couple a rich table and a woman in the office who's known as the post-it note because she's just like mousy and does office whatever right they have sex with each other thinking that each other is a different person they're neither of them sober. One person is just really drunk and the other person gets drugged. <laughs> and they end up in the same hotel room on accident and have a magical night together and then wake up the next day being like, who the fuck are you? And she gets pregnant. So he ends up having to marry her for, you know, a bunch of different family reasons. And so it's kind of a funny one because it's like a marriage of convenience, but she's also like having his baby. <laughs> And then they have to, like, pretend to kind of be in love. And his whole family, like, people in his family, like, love her. And what is a marriage of convenience drama that worked for you? We all love Because This Is My First Life. We loved Happiness. Oh, yeah. Fated to Love You was a marriage one. Sorry. That's okay. It's all right. That's okay. okay. My Demon. All right. Broken Records. What's a relationship of convenience drama that hasn't worked for you? Look, I'm going to go. I just wrote in the script, time for my annual hating of 1% of something. Because <laughs> I'm going to hate on something I've hated on before, too. So go I for it. I have not talked about why I hate 1% of something in a while. So, you know, but it's it's time to remind everyone. <laughs> so 1% of something is a fake dating that's supposed to lead into marriage. The hero is the biggest dick. He's Captain Ree's brother from Crash Landing on You, by the way. So, like, I loved him and I was heartbroken that he was such a total jerk in this one. And um, what I don't understand. So he needs to marry in order to gain inheritance. Okay, it's like tale as old as time. And that's fine because I don't mind that. But he (laughs) they're fake dating to lead into marriage just to get his inheritance. And he's like, okay, but we're fucking right. Like, and she's just like, I mean, that no. seems logical to me. Like, he's just like, but you're my wife, so like, I'm a, like, you're and, gonna be my wife. And oh, okay, okay, so okay. I, so I'm like entitled, and she's just like, no, because the I hate you, and this is fake, and the whole thing is wild. The whole thing is wild. His like ex girlfriend ends up kidnapping her. It's the dumbest thing ever. I just don't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it because. It felt toxic and gross, and it it didn't feel like they fell in love correctly and organic. Not correctly, I shouldn't say that. Organically, it just felt really weird. So I'm sorry. Boo to 1% of something. And I know some people really like it, and more power to you. The sex entitlement. Mm-mm. Yeah, and yeah. you know, maybe, uh, maybe I should watch it again. Uh, really (laughs) well only because i'm like that felt like i came away from that drama thinking that was a big plot point and maybe it only happened in like two scenes but you know what that's two scenes too many it is it's truly it's gross it's it's gross so the one that i'm going to bring up and it's one that i've hated on before so i'm excited to hate on it again (laughs) don't we love that but it's, it's not. A, well, let me just say, first of all, that's a good thing that we kind of only hate on the yes. same one. Yeah, like seriously. We, 
So here's the thing. So this this is kind of going along the lines of like Leah brought up while you were sleeping, which while you were sleeping is a one-sided fake relationship, right? Because Lucy says that she, you know, Lucy mistakenly gets overheard at the hospital saying she was going to marry Peter, the guy who's in the coma, and everybody thinks that they're engaged. Um, and she plays along with it because she has a crush on him, but he has no idea. In this one, all right, so this is personal taste with Eamon Ho and Sun Yu Jin. And I watched this surely because of who was in it. Like, even I read the premise and I was like, ooh. And so, again, this is kind of like a one-sided fake relationship situation that I, I'm kind of shoehorning in here because I just, it's one of those things that's just like ick. And I need to ick on it. And I'm sorry for those of you who like it. I just, I couldn't get behind it. So, yeah, it's kind of a twist on the trope. But in personal taste, Eamon Ho is Jin Ho, an architect pretending to be gay in order to rent a room in Pak Kayin's house, and that is our heroine, Sunny Jin, um, because her father, who is a renowned architectural designer, built the house, and he hopes it will give him inspiration for this big, like, architecture competition he's going to be in that'll give him, like, this big promotion or whatever. So it's a friendship of convenience because she needs a roommate, and he you know, needs to weasel his way in there. So it's a friendship of convenience built on lies with only one of the two of them being in on it. And I tried to let the problematic premise go because of the cast, but Jin Ho had no growth. KN forgives him for no apparent reason. And the only character I felt had a complete arc was Kim Ji Suk's character, Chong Ryol, who starts out as KN's like sleazy ex-boyfriend and ends up being like a really good dude in the end. Ugh. So, yeah, it's like it's a <laughs> one-sided friendship of convenience because he was just weaseling his way into a situation that was only, I mean, it was mutually beneficial because she needed a roommate to help pay the rent. Um, So it was a rent situation and she would never live with a guy who was straight because you don't do that. And so, yeah, he pretended to be gay. I didn't like it. So mine is also a pretend to be gay. Quibble. Wow. So I'm just going to say I'm not going to come for the whole drama. But I'm coming for the gay fake dating that open coffee prints. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Because at the beginning of Coffee Prince, Gong Yu's character essentially hires the heroine thinking she's a guy. He he's getting set up on blind dates. And he hires her to essentially be his fake gay boyfriend, thinking she's a dude, to show up <laughs> to every single one and essentially like get caught out like trying to make out with her or something and like you know the no homo horror like you know it, it was bad it was bad enough that like, we almost dropped we it. almost we dropped, almost dropped it. the drama two, yeah. two episodes and we we're like what the fresh hell is this and then not and that doesn't excuse it it's just that the drama then i feel like it's much more nuanced and sensitive but really really fucks it up hard at the beginning um one drama that I forgot to mention that had fake dating that I liked because it wasn't a huge part of the plot. It was late, but it wasn't like the whole drama is love to hate you. So they have a fake I dating. I still have to watch that one. I know. And this isn't really like a spoiler, but they, they, there is like a fake dating portion of it because um, there's like a gay rumor about him and he's not, uh, and it, but it didn't, it didn't come across to me. Like I didn't get homophobic vibes. Uh, he was just like, it's not true. It's not true. But it was like in a ruin. It was like messing up his career, and uh, especially when you are like an actor in like the middle of a show. There's like a lot of people's job like depends on like this actor to not like, you know, shit the bed. So the heroine takes some money to agree to fake date him, which is pretty cool. Or it ends up being there's a lot of like sex positivity that comes into play, or like you know anti. There's like a lot of like anti slut shaming themes that i think are really cool as well so i did forget to mention love to hate you so i want to throw that out there because i do i did like how that handled it and again it wasn't the plot of like the whole drama and what is a relationship of convenience k-drama that you really want to see written so i think that you know we've kind of surmised throughout talking about tropes that i love second chance and enemies to lovers together, right? Which is why I think I really loved Happy Place so much, because it was second chance enemies to lovers, and they had to pretend to love each other. 
So I'd like to see something like that, like spun into a drama. I think Go Back Couple kind of did this, but Jinju and Bando, our heroine and and hero, aren't pretending to date. They're actually trying to avoid falling for each other again when they both go back in time to their college days when they first met. Um, So I'd love to see like a fake relationship drama where a couple who is like at the end of their rope, like we saw in Go Back Couple, seemingly hate each other, have to pretend to still love each other, and in doing so, rediscover all of the reasons they fell in love in the first place. Also, per our Patreon live chat on Sunday, because you missed this, Leah, dragons. Like, does Mm. it need to be marriage of convenience? Not necessarily. We just want some drag, someone riding dragons or a dragon shifter, and then sure, throw in a relationship of convenience trope. Why not? I love it. (laughs) Let's get a dragon in there. Yeah, we talked a little bit um, about how, like, how in, um, I never will be over this. But fairy and in, devil. Fairy and devil. How is, like, the man who can shift into a dragon less powerful than, than Moon Supreme? Supreme? But yeah. And then for me, I was, like, going to just go to the same thing I've been calling out for to the universe, which is, yeah, idol stuff. I said an idol thing yeah. too, but yours is different. Yeah. And so um, mine was an idol fake dating where there's like a person who's always in, always like the the other woman or man in dating scandals and like, you know, they get paid for it. So basically they're kind of like the beard or like not necessarily the beard in like the conventional term, but essentially the right. front for the idol to pursue their real relationship. And so this time though, the idol ends up falling for their fake person. I like that a lot. Love it. So yeah, I, of course, I mean, (laughs) Leah and I are like a broken record. Like we want like realistic idol romances. So I want more like Duna. I want like realistic that show like Mm. kind of like the grind, the trauma, whatever. But anyway, I would love a romance about or a, a fake dating idols from the same agency who like absolutely hate each other. Ooh. And I don't care what gender, mm-hmm. just they hate each other probably male and female because it's Korea. So they hate each other, but they each have really big separate scandals. Like some like like mm-hmm. I don't know, the one like mom stole money, the other one what I don't know. The moms something. are always stealing money. The moms K-dramas. are always stealing they are. Terrible mothers. Anyway. <laughs> so in order to cover up their like other bigger terrible scandals, the agency is like, you're gonna fake date. You're gonna fake date for like a month. Let's have let for let's have that. Yeah. Yeah, for publicity, that's gonna be the scandal. And so they have to like spend all this time together as like dating idols, maybe even like Dawn and Hyena when they had a song together. <laughs> they have to do a song together. That would be amazing. And then of course they end up falling for each other. I love it. That's awesome. Why? I want, I just, yeah, I want, I don't know why we don't get idol dramas enough. Like, do you know what, like, I want someone to Duna tell Duna was that. great. Like, I'll, I'll come at anybody who says it wasn't. <laughs> Duna was great. I just feel like, yeah, I just need more of that. Yeah. So anyway. But for me, I was thinking of a member of a group that starts with a uh, frack frink. <laughs> And there is an idol in it who I feel like has dated everyone under the sun in different dating scandals. Wait, what group? <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying. Out. What? What's that? What was that supposed to? Oh, rhyme Blackpink. With? Blackpink. Oh, black. I was like, wait, what? What? The fuck is Frank Frank? The. <laughs> YG coming for us. <laughs> that was so funny. I'm just saying that I've noticed that there's an idol there. Why didn't you say like schmack schmaker? <laughs> right. It was the R. It was the R that really threw me. Like schmack 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 I mean, we're just casting now. This is fake. I mean, her and Kai were like the the couple of the the century. I'm just saying that there have been many dating rumors linked to this one idol, and it's just curious. Right. Right. I yeah, I agree. I, that's why. Uh, well, part of me thinks it's like 
her agency leaks stuff for publicity. Or, yeah. Probably. To cover up, like, other stuff that's happening. Whatever. So, yeah, I was thinking about that as the press. Like, that's the kind of character yeah. I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Somebody I love who needs, that. Somebody who needs good press. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. <laughs> Franks for listening. <laughs> you guys are jerks. I... <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep snorting. Well, I mean, when we okay. said Subway, we're like Schmubway. Like, <laughs> Frack Frank, Frack Frank just threw me. Okay? Way. <laughs> Frubway. No, you'd have to be like Frubfray. <laughs> That's another thing, too. Like, just say, like, Schmack Pink. Instead, you're like Schmutz Schmong. <laughs> <laughs> Five dollar frongs. <laughs> Oh, my stomach hurts. Holy shit. On that note. Okay. Happy right, Valentine's Day, all. Valentine's yeah, happy, Day, whatever. Happy Fralentine. Frappy Fralentine's Day. Frappy Fralentine's Fray. <laughs> Anya. Anya. Kamsamnida. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!